Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. How are you doing? This is Jimmy Pax, and you're listening to the incomparable Lena Jones on the Lena Jones Morning Sparkle. Shine on, you crazy diamonds. Morning, Diamonds. Hello, hello, hello. It is Wednesday morning on the 12th day of September 2018, and there is a lot going on in my community uh, and throughout several different states that are affected by uh, Hurricane Florence that's coming this way. Uh, I was trying to get some studies done last night and unfortunately I fell short of that and uh, and I apologize for that and I apologize to my Lord because uh, well he knows Uh, I have anxiety and um, it doesn't happen a lot but when things go on that I feel something is, is going to happen, and, and, and it's not a good thing. It tends to act up. I may try to control it, but um, sometimes I sometimes fall short, depending on what the situation is. It's like I have anxiety for bridges and uh, being stuck in a tunnel if uh, during a rush hour or things like of that sort. I will my anxiety will kick in. I get it a lot when I'm in New York because everything is stuck. But I don't usually take anything. I have something for it, and I don't usually take anything. I try to uh, overcome it. So, But last night when I was listening to the uh, the hurricane, watching the gas bowl, how they're looking for water, and oh, it was just too much. So I did take one, and it made me drowsy. I couldn't even keep my eyes open. So, but I I did do some, but I just didn't cut through as many chapters as I wanted to. Um, and at one point, I was just uh, not talking, but writing in circles because I was trying to fight it, <laughs> trying to fight it so bad. But um, I usually need a song to keep me. To, to help me to understand these things. Because like I say, I say all the time, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a bishop. I'm not any. I'm not anything. But someone is trying to help spread a Lord and Savior that I love dearly and who loves me unconditionally and accepts me. I want to thank all the people who have sent me their, um, their concerns uh, to be safe and things of that sort. And I'll tell you where I am in a minute, but I, right now I just kind of need to hear this song. What about you? I need to know, well, I don't need to know because I know. I just have to remind myself that when all of this goes on and beyond our control, we have to look. It's only one place that we can look, and that's look to God. And here's one of my favorite songs, Whitney Houston, where I look to you, and I'm going to play that right now, and I will be back.
reasons why I had decided to play that song, one, because I love it, and two, because in the midst of conversation yesterday with um, are you going to evacuate, and for those that are concerned, I'm not in an evacuation area. My area is kind of gray, so I am considered one of the highest uh, elevations. In, in the area that I live on, I'm, my house is on one of the highest elevations, and I'm blessed because of that. But that doesn't mean that that water is not going to rise and, and get up to to where the house is. Now, when we did flood, I'm supposed to be living in a neighborhood that doesn't flood. That's what I what I was told years ago when uh, when we purchased the house that oh, it's never flooded around here and all this sort of stuff, but a year ago, we did it, we did flood. My house didn't flood. None of the houses really got flooded because I don't think it reached that high. I don't think it reached over the garage. But where my house sat, there was no there was no flood there. Now it was floods to the right of me and floods to the left of me where you could not drive through it. But in front of my house, there was no flood. So I I'm thankful that. Now, I don't know what this is going to hold, but what I do know is that when when people ask me, are you going to evacuate? Say this, nothing is more important than my life. (laughs) Nothing is more important than my life or the life of my children. And that's the way that you should feel. Because see, you can get another house. You can get another car. You can get another computer. You can get furniture. You can get another refrigerator. You can get another of, of, of pretty much anything. Even if you don't have insurance, you, eventually you'll, you'll get these things. But one thing you can't get and you can't is that you can't get another life. So, so, so don't be foolish. 
Now, I personally would like to just go, but everything is everything is closed up and stuff like that. And then I have a husband that's not going anywhere. And I have children that are stubborn, you know, even though mom wants to go ahead and fly away, <laughs> the family doesn't. Now, I've told them, I'm not around them because of them. I just don't have no way to get out by myself. <laughs> and uh, I need to add some humor in there because uh, some people, if I could get out, I would. Um, but I, because I'm in uh, at the highest elevation, I'm not too much worried about it. If anything, I'll just be trapped inside my house and won't be able to move to the left or to the right because of the uh, – because of the flood, if it, if it's going to flood, it's going to flood there. And it's our our block flooded, not so much because uh, the the water levels around near the little lakes and stuff like that. It's because of the sewage system. The sewage system took so much water that it backed up. So once it backed up, there was no place for the water to go. So the water was just climbing up in the streets and uh and you know it's really funny because that's when you find out just how reliable your stuff is stuff that you've been holding on to and things that you keep and uh oh i'm going to use this for when this net happened an emergency happened and it just didn't go through so i have a pair of uh the uh rain boots the galoshes you know mine's have the leopard print on them i've had them for years before i first got before when they first got popular uh my kids had gave me some as a gift really thick good kind and i wear them all the time if i'm running errands and stuff and it's raining you know i put them on they're somewhat comfortable but i put them on and so the last time when we had a flood i went out with my faithful camera I wanted to, I got my galoshes on so I can go, they come up to my knees pretty much, so I can go all the way up to where the water is pretty much at the top of my galoshes, so I thought. I stepped out and once I got into a puddle of water, I noticed that I felt something wet in my my foot and it was a hole. I got a hole in my galoshes. Yes, I got a hole. The water just seeping in. I, it's not a big hole. I don't know where it's at, but the water's just seeping in my my foot, and I'm just like, oh, this is great. I can't even keep my <laughs> I can't keep my foot dry. So sometimes things you rely on doesn't really work that way. But when they asked me to leave, I really thought about where could I go? Where could I go? I said, okay, you can go. To Jersey, where your family is, it's raining there too. They're not going to get flooded because they're on a higher elevation too. And or I can go towards D.C. You know, I got a couple of friends up there that I can call and say, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm gonna come up there and, and visit you, but they're gonna get rain too." So my question was, where do you go? So then you think about, well, maybe I should just move out of the because things like this is is happening, but when you go move someplace else, there is another type of disaster that you have to deal with. So there's no hiding place, and and I know the Bible speaks of that. Um, I'm not sure what verses, <laughs> and I tell you that in all honesty because I I never want to sit here and and claim that I know everything and every verse about the Bible because I don't. I'm learning. This is a learning um, experience for me that I'm sharing with you. I just pray and hope that I do everything right, but there's no hiding place. There's no place where you can run. The only thing you can do is look to God right now because only he has the answers and only he knows our fate and only he knows what's going to happen. But in the same token, don't be foolish. Don't do that. If you're in a zone that they say evacuate, leave. And like they said, you don't have to go far. (laughs) You can go 
come over to the areas that uh, the shelters are in the areas that are not in the evacuation zone because it's not worth it. It's not worth staying. Whatever your reasons are, it's not worth staying. And if it, if it hits the way they say it's going to hit and the place floods the way they say it's going to flood, you are going to be sorry that you made that decision because it's not going to be easy. You think you can handle this? Don't be foolish. I'm just talking to my people in, in my community and everywhere. Because, see, the book of Nehemiah is about community and about people coming together to rebuild. You can always get more stuff. You can always fix it. It may not be fixed right away, but it'll be fixed. So that was one of the things that uh, I wanted to to say, and I wanted to say a small prayer too. I wanted to say a small prayer for my. I do. I want to say one. So here it is. Here's my prayer for not just me, but the rest of my community, the rest of my diamonds, my people that live around me. Father God in heaven, Lord, I ask that you protect your people, Jesus. I ask that you bring common sense. Set it into those who are not having common sense and let them move, Lord. And if they don't move, Lord, please protect them where they are. Send your angels around them. Lord, you can control this storm. Everything is of you. You are everything. Lord, I ask that you die down the winds, that you not make it as devastating as what the news people are trying to say it is that it's going to be and if it comes out that way I ask that you send your people to higher grounds protect them where they live give them the type of protection that they don't even understand how they were protected in the way that they were Lord God I ask this of you I ask that you bless us and you keep us not just here in my community, but in communities throughout, all of those that's in the way of the storms and the hurricanes. Lord, they say that Hawaii is headed for another hurricane. Lord, you veered that hurricane away because of your majestic mountains, Lord God. You can do so much, Lord God. I ask you this to look over your people, to bless us, Lord God, to protect us, to keep us from fear and anxiety. Let us know that it's going to be all right because you know and you're here for us and you're going to protect us and bless us. We will get through this. Lord, I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So that was my my little prayer. And I was really nervous saying that, so I hope <laughs> I hope it was pleasing to my God, and I hope that it was pleasing uh, to you. And here we are with uh, Jeremy Camp. I'm going to go to him with He Knows, and I'll be right back with you. strength to pray in the valley low. And how hard your fight has been, how deep the pain within, wounds that no one else has seen, hurts too much to show.
if there's major devastation to the area around me. And I know because I feel it already. The anxiety is moving in. The sadness is moving in. All of that is getting ready to take place because I have a heart for the people, even though you can have a heart for the people, even though you're not there, you know, cleaning up, cleaning up the mess. Uh, and if the opportunity comes to you, of course, you're going to try and do something, but you can have a heart for the people. Some people just kind of look out for themselves. It's like with the water thing. You know, I know I have to go on to Nehemiah, but it's like with the water thing. You couldn't find any water uh, in the, the area. I tried several different supermarkets. You know, my husband usually pack rat stuff, but this time he didn't pack rat water. So uh, I said, well, let me try to find some water. So I went out to look for water. I went to several places. I went to Food Lion. I went to Harris Teeter. I went to Target. I went to Bed Bath & Beyond. I went to, um, um, what's the other st- store? Uh, uh, Walmart. Everything that was around within this area. Because, see, I know if I couldn't find it here, I'm not going to find it in the next area because everybody's looking for it. So no one had water. No one had water. And uh, I said, Lord, I need I need water. <laughs> I had some, but I would like to get some more because my family is coming. And um, so, so something told me to go to Dollar Tree. But before I went to Dollar Tree, I went into Bed Bath & Beyond and said, okay, because sometimes you have those little remote places. Because I know even Office Max had, bo- had bottles of water in there for office supplies. So they didn't have any. And I went to the Bed Bath & Beyond looking for some. I didn't go far in there because I just kind of knew by the environment. They didn't have no water in there. So I leave there coming out of Target, and she has this bag and this little kid, and I said, well, do Target have any water? And she said, no, no no water in Target. She said, but Dollar Tree has it. <laughs> I know. The first uh, thing I had th- that I thought about, God put it in my head <laughs> to go to Dollar Tree. So I went to Dollar Tree, and they had the the cases of the Crystal Geyser gallon bottle, it wasn't many of them left. It was just a few of them left, but no one no one was really trying to go to Dollar Tree to look for water. <laughs> I'm not saying no one, but at least the people that were around looking for water <laughs> didn't realize it was right there in front of us, right there in Dollar Tree. So I thought that was uh, pretty funny. So I was able to pick up some water for my family. And I thank God for that because I didn't have to travel all around. Uh, If Dollar Tree hadn't had that water, I would be out of water soon. (laughs) I would be out of water real soon. So I started thinking of alternatives for water. But um, Dollar Tree came through. So the least places, the places where you least expect to find something is usually the the places where you're going to find things at. So, But uh, getting over to Nehemiah, so his uh, community was damaged. Nehemiah had made a prayer. He had made a prayer to God before he decided that he was going to go in and talk to the king. During biblical times, you had to Everything went through the king. You couldn't do anything um, pretty much without anything major without talking to the king about it. So at this time, he is in Persia. The Jewish people are in Persia, and they're under King Artaxis. King Artaxis was king prior to um, King uh, for uh, Esther. I can't remember these names. Uh, Well, this was prior to the book of Esther. So the people were still in in Persia and were depressed. They were broken. They were broken people, a broken community because they had got, uh, they were captives. First Babylonians came in and got them. And then Babylonians lost them to the Persians. So now they're under the Persian province. They're under the Persian uh, government. 
And uh, they're not a happy people. They're broken people right now. And Nehemiah has some clot, clout <laughs> because <laughs> he's the, the cupbearer. He's the one that, that that the poison goes to him before it goes to the king. So it's a pretty high position to be in. And last week I made comparisons with that with politicians in our community uh, that uh, people who are in positions to do something and uh, and they they do some of them do some of them don't but it was that was my comparison today's you don't know that you're an advocate you don't have to be a politician to be an advocate you don't have to be uh you don't have to have a masters or nba in order to be an advocate if god calls you to be be an advocate you're going to know it because things that are around you are going to bother you. And humans, when things bother us, it's only natural that we want to do something about it. Some of us, some of us don't care. But for the most part, we want to do things about, we want to do something about it. If you can see uh, the neighborhood, if you have the time, if you can make the time to make change, then you do what you can. And if you don't have the time until God allows that freedom to do that, because sometimes we may want to do things and God doesn't allow us to do it. He may have you busy doing something else that you can't do it because all of us have a job to do. Some people were designated to do this. People were designated to do that. The same way. Uh, in heaven, it's the same way here on earth. There's certain people, a doctor does one job, an attorney does another job. An attorney may want to be a doctor and may know something about it, but because he's so busy being an attorney, he doesn't have the time that it takes to be that doctor. So everyone is appointed to do something. And if you are not appointed to do something, but your heart is there, what do you do? You pray. You pray for those people. You pray for those people. You pray for the circumstances. And if the if God allows you to be able to do that, then you, you will be able to do it and you'll get the glory glory of it, uh, being there and doing that. So Nehemiah prayed to God before he went before the king, the same way Esther prayed and had the people pray um, before she went before the king. Um, So everything is done by prayer. Put prayer first in in all that you do before you set in to do it. And when I say put prayer first, you don't have to say a long prayer. Uh, those Those of us that don't pray, because we think maybe you have to say something long, drawn out. You got to be on your knees. It doesn't matter where you are. You can say a prayer. So Nehemiah goes and he says his prayer. So he's he, he's ready to confront the king um, about building the city, rebuilding his hometown. He wants to rebuild it, Jerusalem. Okay, I'm just trying to find uh, where my where my place is because I went off the subject <laughs> so many times. Now, uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask that are in my notes, when I speak of broken communities, it's because of drugs, alcohol, uh, things like that, or gang violence and things like that. Is that what you look to when you think of a bad community, a community that's not good. Is that what you think? Now, my question to you is, do you think that communities are only in poor areas where there's drugs and alcohol and killing? Do you think that, that that's a broken community? Do you think that a person that lives in a better community, that there's nothing wrong, there's nothing broken there? And if you do, you're absolutely wrong. Broken can be in more ways than one. Broken can be uh, from people just not caring. 
You can live in a beautiful neighborhood with manicured lawns, and they don't care about the people walking the streets. They don't care about their neighbors. I was watching a movie the other night. Uh, it's a 2017 movie with Matt Damon in it, and with Matt Damon in it. <laughs> and um, it was about somethingville, like it was like set in the 50s or 60s, and it had to do with this this neighborhood that was all white. You know, they have they even have this certain type of music <laughs> that they play for little white families in the nice, neat communities. And uh, so that's what it was about. But a black family moved into the community. And even though, to begin with, they didn't bother the black family, they were just shocked that it was a black family. Matter of fact, they didn't even realize it was a black family. I guess no one saw them move in until the mailman came to give the woman her mail. And he was in so much shock that they were black that he uh, did not give her her mail. So he went and told the next person, of course, you know who who your neighbor is and things like that. Well, it just so happened that this couple, not to give away too much in the movie, but it it was a married couple with a child, and the wife's sister lived with them. The wife herself was crippled. She did uh she was crippled from her waist down from an accident that her husband had a car accident that her husband had gotten in, into. So she was crippled there, and um, what did I just do? So she was crippled there. So what? decides to do is he decides to hire someone to kill his wife so that him and his sister could fornicate so him and his sister could be together now this is the the white neighborhood the white family in this white neighborhood so when they find out that the, the, the mother had died the wife had died the first thing they do was blame the black family they blamed the black family because they said that things like this don't happen in our neighborhood. It didn't happen in our neighborhood until they moved in. Now, mind you, the black family had nothing to do with it. They didn't have anything to do with the whole thing. Uh, these were white people doing this to themselves. So the next thing, you know, the the neighborhood rallies, and of course we know the story. What happens? They go and start harassing the black family. Uh, um, they they all gather around and take the top of their garbage can, just bam it day and night in shifts, just annoying the black family. Meanwhile, this family is falling apart. They killed the wife, the white family, right next door, and they're killing each other in the house. They the the killers come because they want money, so they're killing. So the one kills the other, the other kills the other, and then right next door you have the black family that's not doing anything but inside their homes. The people have pretty much, they built the fence to, to, to block them in, and then they bombed the house. Not the house. They threw, they messed up the house, but they bombed the car. And uh, that was pretty messed up. But my point there, excuse me, is that, this was a, a a community of manicured lawns. This was a community where everything, everyone had nice jobs and everything looked together. My point is, you don't have to be living in a certain type of community in order to for the computer for the community not to be good. It can be a bad community. It can look good on the outside, but the people are just awful. And I just wanted to make that point about community because a lot of times when I talk about brokenness, I mention drugs, alcohol, gang violence, and stuff like that. That's one type of community. There are several different types of community. You can live in a community where the people don't care about each other. You can see the old rage. They'll walk right past you. They may see you need help. They they don't help you. Um and things of that sort. I see a lot of that in the community that I live in. Um, it's selective. It's selective. Uh, so my point was to point out about communities. Well, this was near Jerusalem was Nehemiah's community. So that was pretty much. I I don't know if I if you understood what I was trying to say, <laughs> but. Um, 
um, whether it's African-American or whether it's black or white, you know, community is a, a group of people that all live and supposed to be under one mind helping each other. So whether it's a good community or bad, that's just the way it is. Now, in order uh, for Nehemiah to go and help, he needs supplies. He needs things. He can't go and do this venture by himself, so he needs things. So he has to uh, be clever about the way he goes, that he's going about doing this. This is not this is not something that he can just go up to the king lightly, even though he's one of the best best man right there for his king, and his king loves him. Um, he he just can't, so he has to approach as clever. Now in the in the our Texas King, our Texas, uh, in his court. I can't say everyone had to be happy, but you couldn't be really sad around him. I guess nobody wants you to be sad. It brings down, it brings down the whole kingdom. I don't know. Um, so one day, he was. Uh, so one day he was pouring the king a drink, and the king notices that. Uh, the king notices that he's sad, he's depressed. And he wants to know why he's depressed because he cares. He, you know, it was some type of, uh, it was considered as a breach of royal court. It was considered to be a royal court breach, a breach of etiquette in the royal court. If you you know, was looking sad and depressed and things like that. So they didn't want, that was not something that the king allowed people to do. Now, remember the prayer, and he asked God in chapter 1 and 9, says that if they will return to me and keep my commandments, commandments and do them, though some of you were cast out of the furthest parts of the heavens, yet I will gather from from there and bring them to a place where I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. That's what he reminded God of. He reminded God of that and he waited four months before he went in to make a request to the king. Now once the king saw that Nehemiah was sad and depressed, he wanted to know what was wrong. So this is what the king has uh said to Nehemiah, and this is Nehemiah's request to the king. This is Nehemiah 2. Okay. And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, the 20th year of King Artaxas, when wine was before him, that I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had never been sad in his presence before. Therefore, the king said to me, why is your face sad since you are not sick? There is nothing but sorrow of heart. So I became fully afraid. Okay? Because, it, like I said, it was against royal entity to be sad. I mean, we couldn't live in this day and age because they killed you over everything. You couldn't even be sad without your life being in jeopardy around the king. So, uh, So the king says... So Nehemiah says to the king and said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face be sad when the city, when the city, the place of my father's tomb, where my father's tomb lies in waste and its gates are burnt with fire? Then the king said to me, What do you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven and I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judea, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Then the king said to me, the queen also sitting beside him, How long will your journey be? And when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. Therefore, I said to the king, uh, furthermore, I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given to me for the governors of the region beyond the rivers 
that must permit to Judea. And a letter was sent to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he must give me timber to make beams for the gate of the citadel which pertains to the temple for the city wall and for the house that I will occupy. And the king granted him and the king granted to to me according to the good hand of my God upon me. Then I went to the governors and the regions beyond the river and gave them the king's letter. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. Now Sanibal the Hortite and Tobiah the Amorite official heard of it. They were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. So what happens here is that he's going with permission. You know, it's good to go on a to do something and you have you have the grace of who's whoever the main person of authority gives you that permission that nobody can mess with you. Now he didn't specifically say that he was doing it for uh going to build the city walls. He asked for lumber, you know, to be, rebuild some things to get his house in order. So he didn't specifically say that it was uh Jerusalem, but he's got permission. You have to have permission before you go in and do anything, even to fix up the worst communities. Even as an advocate, the advocate has to know someone because that person has to have connections. Talking about modern day, you have to uh, be able there. There's the mayor, there's the city council, there's the governor, there's different people that you can go to to affect your decision making on helping to try to rebuild your community. These are jobs that an advocate would do in modern day. And, uh, so that's what will happen. I'm sorry, my phone is just ringing off the hook. <laughs> and it's only people because they're concerned, and I, I understand that. Um, now I have my phone turned off. It's buzzing. <laughs> so that's where we're at. Uh, so he has to, he has gotten that permission, and he is now on his way, care of starting to rebuild his community, but he had to be clever about it. When you approach anything with God, God tells us to be patient, to not to be anxious. I know I'm anxious, but uh, my anxiety is, I think, is stemmed out of fear and not knowing, the fear of not knowing, but to be patient uh, in everything that you do. And he will, he will bless it. So when he, when Nehemiah originally said this prayer, he waited four months with patience before he approached the king as to what he wanted to do. He had to be clever about it. Now, he doesn't want to tell the king that he's going to re- rebuild the wall in Jerusalem because that's not really what the king cares about because he's uh, he's Persian. He's Persian. The Jews are his captive. The Jews are his slaves. He's not trying to he's trying to rebuild something to so that my people can come. Uh, go back to them. We need them. They're our slaves. They are servants and and things of that that sort. So he was very careful what he says. He's very careful about what he says to the king. And uh, we're going to go to a music break because my phone is out of control right now. (laughs) And now I'm going to go to a song. But I want to talk about prayer. This song is going to be about prayer because I personally love this song by Torn Wells. Uh, what happens when people get together? It's such a community song and it's all about prayer. And then here it is with Torn Wells with When We Pray. And I'll be right back. People hurting, people broken, beating down and feeling hopeless. Wonder if it's gonna always be this way. We will speak up for the captive, show some love. 
how to love one another the way that you love us. I pray for this next generation, Father. That our cities, that our countries. That you would just bring restoration. God, we pray that you would move among us. Let us be your hands and your feet. For your glory, God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I love that song. It's all about community. It's all about prayer. Now, I don't have much time because I know I talked, I kind of went off the subject a little bit, and uh, I muddled it around with uh, the subject itself. That's because there's so much going on right now between my phone that's been blowing up since I started the show, and uh, I need to keep my lines open because I have people that I'm concerned about and need to know where they're going. Even though you couldn't hear the ring, it was on silence, and it's just buzzing and buzzing and buzzing. <laughs> it's just driving me crazy. And I did want to say something to uh, my community for what's going on with this Hurricane Florence thing. But uh, prayer is definitely important. Now, Nehemiah, just to give a, a brief a brief summary of what I was trying to get across today is that uh, just like Nehemiah needed certain papers from the king, he needed certain papers and permissions in order to go and accomplish the mission that God had already blessed him to do. Even though the king may take glory when all of this is done, it's the glory doesn't go to him, the glory goes to God. And So even when it comes to, when we go to modern day, when it comes to our communities, there's certain things that we have to do. We have to know people. We have to try to get to know your city councilors, councilors, your mayors, your governors, all of those that are in control and can get things done. We need permissions and letters to really get things done to cause an impact in your community to change things. If you don't like the litter, go find out who 
is in charge of getting the streets cleaned? Who's in charge of uh, uh, picking up the, the stuff, the garbage on the street? Go that way. Be an advocate, an advocate for that. You don't have to be an advocate for everything, but you can be an advocate for that. But in order to do it, you have to find out who the people are. You have to find the right people and go to the right places. And you have to be humble. You can't go in there being a loud mouth and a know-it-all. You have to do things patiently and, and, and almost silently. But you have to get things in order in order to make things happen. And that's what Nehemiah was doing. He's a man that's in a position that's right next to the king where he can get things done. He can get the permissions and things that he needs to go and help rebuild his community. In modern day, in our day, we have to make sure we have first the right people in office. And when we vote, and that's by voting, okay, of course. So when we vote and these people get into office, you have to know who you need to go to to make change happen. Before you can even gather the people, you have to know what you're doing in order to make things happen. Because if not, people are just going to stand there and they're going to think that you don't know what you're doing. So before you make any moves, and that's just not with your community, that's with your own selves, with our own lives. Before we make any moves, make sure we set things in order first. The first thing to set in order is your prayer. Make sure you pray. This is Lena Jones, and uh, I give no apologies <laughs> to the way the show went this morning. I do say that I will be back next Wednesday, God willing, and we will go ahead and dig more into Nehemiah, talk about what happened and the troubles that he come across. And not only that, the way the community has come together to help rebuild this uh, wall. Um I pray that everyone stays safe in this neighborhood from some from North Carolina to South Carolina to here in Virginia. Please be safe. If you're told to evacuate, please do that. Evacuate. Don't stay there. It's not worth it. You can get another house. You can get another stuff. I mean, women, we love going shopping. It's just a reason for us to buy more stuff, God willing, and God bless us with the means to do to do so. I'm going to leave out of here, and uh, let's see what we will leave out of here with. Uh, let's go out with diamonds, because this is pressure. There's a lot of pressure on this diamonds. This is just another test. So here we go. Remember, to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Be safe, diamonds. I love you, and I will see you in the networks. Here's Hawk Nelson with one of my favorite songs, Diamonds. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.